Hi, this is Jet Dunlap, and this is Psychotherapy Episode 20! Yay! I made it to 20! What percentage does that put me in with podcasts? Who knows? Who cares? I have not recorded a real intro for a long time, but I felt I should for Episode 20. This one is talking about not giving up on your dreams. Wow, big surprise. This one's not talking about how you should give up on your dreams. Actually, I thought about writing a book about that. (laughs) I had some bad ideas. Anyway, this one is talking about, you know, what you should pursue. It's also talking about my journey and how it relates to your journey. And I thank you a lot for listening for this long. And if you haven't listened for this long, there are 19 episodes before this you can listen to. So thank you to those of you who are listening, which is a ridiculous statement, because if you hear my voice, you're listening right now. So thank you to you person. That's right. I'm talking to you specifically. I already knew your name. I called you person. Thank you very much. I can't believe we've gotten this far. I can't wait to get to 100. That's my goal. 100 episodes by 2019, end of 2019, season one. Let's see if we can do it. Episode 20 starts now. I remember back. I mean, I can barely remember back because so much time has passed now, but uh, I remember all the way back to episode one, Back in the end of June 2019, your Lord, I have grown so much. And I mean physically, I'm two inches taller. Isn't that weird? I have the secret to that. And for $14.99 a month, I will tell you how to be as tall as I am. That's a a lie. Like that show. What was it? Lie to me. That's a lie. So episode 20, we've learned a lot about each other. We've learned a lot about me and hopefully the human condition and condition the human kitchen a kitchen where we prepare human ew gross i don't like that idea i have been listening to my show i admit it you know it's like staring at pictures of yourself on facebook which none of us have done obviously that'd be horrible and a kind of narcissism that is presidential i have been listening to my show and in particular i listened to episode one yesterday Because I've been thinking about getting this thing to be bigger, right? I mean, that's obviously the goal. I want more people to listen to it. And for the first time, whether you believe it or not, you know, I think we've known each other for a while now, 20 episodes between us. We're friends, right? I think we can be, I think we can be at the level now where I can just come straight from the hip. I don't have to buffer everything and and kind of filter it so that you understand where I'm coming from. Here's the deal. I came into this with the right intentions. And it's a unique situation for me, but it came to me honestly in the sense that when I used to come to things with the wrong intentions, it was because at the time, um, I always intended to help people, you know, or when I did my TV shows, or I did my movies, or I was on set, it all started as this organic, honest thing that I really wanted to do. And I saw myself in front of a large room, you know, teaching other people how to get where I was to improve their lifestyle. And for a lot of my life, that was money, right? Because I truly believed that money could buy happiness. I invented that idea, by the way. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever thought that money could buy happiness? Because the situation with that is, is that it can buy happiness. You can exchange money for happiness. What they don't tell you is that that is very temporary. Saying money can't buy happiness will actually get you more of the opposite. So when I was a kid and someone's like, well, money can't buy you happiness. I've used this micro example. Now there are huge examples of this, you know, in my life where my lack of money with my family or my lack of money when I was young trying to make it was very painful and existentially difficult. But let's use a micro example, one that's really easy to digest. 
I never had air conditioning in a city, San Fernando Valley, that would often be over 105 degrees during the summer. So getting an air conditioner could buy a higher level of happiness temporarily. When I was a drinker and I started drinking, the first thing that would happen when I would have a drink was I would be happier. It costs money to get something that I didn't build organically, right? So everything when I first got my 4x4, when I first got my four, sports car, forks, forks car, never got a forks car. <laughs> but see, the problem there was that money could buy happiness a little bit. And so this started with me talking about how I started the show and how it's different from the other projects I started in life. Most of the other projects I started in life came from a deep want to be involved. When I was young, I started making films with my friend Chris Coy. Before that, I always wanted to make movies. We'd just make them. You know, there was no YouTube, though, so the only way we could get people to watch it, and it really was like putting a gun to someone's head, and I get it now because we were kids and we had to show it on the screen, and I didn't have the kind of parents or friends or family who would just watch that stuff. They were very honest, like, I don't want to watch your amateur bullshit. So you couldn't get anyone to watch it, so that feedback would make you feel like you weren't good enough, but Chris Coy and I, we just kept doing it. We loved it. We loved making movies, and it wasn't until... We got into the industry where people were picking things apart and you had to go through the machinery of the business that it kind of got bastardized. And then it was about making money, right? So for me and him, I guess, uh, I don't want to speak for him, but we had to make money to make movies. Then we had to make money to live. Then we had to make money to make money because medical or whatever it was, insurance. And then you get further away from your dream. Now, in my case, I stayed a lot closer to that industry. I worked a lot longer in that industry. I got into the Screen Actors Guild. I kept writing. I kept working. But then you're stuck in the same position because if you walk on a set and you're a background actor or you're a day player, just means you have like a small role for one day, that's all you are to the people on set. It ended up being about making money for money's sake. And I think most people's dreams start with wanting to do the work. You want to be a musician, you can play music. And then eventually they're like, okay, great, you can play music, but now you've got to move out of your parents' house. And if you're not lucky enough to go to Juilliard or some school that helps you get along like that, which is, come on, 99% of us don't get to do that, you have to go to school to get a job, and then you're playing music as a hobby. And then if you want to play music professionally, you have to make money. But then you find you can't make money making music or being an actor, so you just have to make money to live because you have to pay for rent in the places where you can do that, which is Los Angeles and New York, and that's not cheap. So then eventually you're just making money. And you're making money to make money. And then someone says, hey, what if I gave you a little more money? And you discover that, hey, wait, I went over to Tony's house. Tony's a fictitious character here. He doesn't really exist. I mean, there's many Tonys on this planet, but I don't know any of them yet. Maybe I know some Anthony's. That's not the point. You go over to Tony's house, he has central air. And you're like, holy cripes. This guy has central air. That's nice. I want some of that. It's all about air conditioning. You got to understand in the valley, it gets so hot. If you're from Phoenix or any of these other places, you understand how important air conditioning is. It really is one of the most amazing technological breakthroughs. Why am I talking about air conditioning? Okay, you go over to Tony's house and he has central air. Now, you still have that inkling in the back of your head that you want to pursue your dream. You want to play guitar on stage. You want to sing on stage. You want to be an actor. You want to paint. But Tony has central air and you don't. What if you got more units of money from your job you're only doing to support your dream to get central air? Okay, you do that. You work harder. You work more hours. You get more money. But then your job expects more, and your job is not playing guitar, painting, or acting. Then, Tony, that son of a bitch bastard, he goes and gets a house with a 
pool. He gets a house with a pool. And then, you know, this time in your life, you have a family, maybe. I don't, so, and I'm 40, so maybe you don't. That's fine. But you have more things in your life, and you go, a pool, that'd be great. Did you know, scientifically, nine out of 10 people who have a pool have never been in it? That's a lie, but for that second, you believed it. That is how seldom people use pools. But you want to have what he has. And people say it's keeping up with the Joneses. And I always thought that was a negative thing. But guess what? You work hard. You've given up on your dream almost at this point. So you want something else. Maybe you want a pool. Pool costs more money. You know this situation. You've heard this story a thousand times. And if you haven't, and you're young, you will hear it a thousand times. My generation and the millennials and the iGen, we may not have those kind of things, right? You know, I live in an RV. So... I actually sacrificed all of those dreams to be able to pursue the dreams I have, which is the entertainment industry, public speaking, helping people, doing the things I love. Now, slightly the things I love have changed as I've gotten older. And I used to look at that as giving up. I used to see people who were actors and they were like 40, my age, and they'd be like, yeah, well, I I found something I liked more. And I'm like, you quitter, you real stinker, stinkeroo. (laughs) That's a kangaroo that smells bad. I didn't understand that in some of those cases, yes, they gave up. And they gave up for very good reasons. You know, they had to support a family. They wanted to be a good dad, a good mom. Okay, I get that. Life moves on. In other cases, the people just organically found something else in their heart that was their calling that was modified from being an actor, right? So they want to be a director or a writer or something else. They work with wood. It doesn't matter. Their creativity was exercised through something else. And some of the things that we don't like about our chosen dream, like acting, is that sure, you like the acting, but how many actors actually get to act? In my best year, I got to act two months out of the year, right? Brad Pitt's best year, he gets to act three, four months out of the year. So it's not really something that sustains you. So if you're a person like me who needs to do something all the time, you need to find something that's going to occupy that desire to create. And in my case, what I realized after some time, and this is very specific, so it probably doesn't relate to you, but that acting wasn't creation, for me. Because writing is creation. Doing what I'm doing right now is creation. I'm taking something that didn't exist and I'm making it exist. It may not be good, but it wasn't there and now it is. That's what I really love. So will I act? Sure, I'll continue to act. I don't see how it'll happen right now, but it doesn't seem like something that's just going to go away. You know, even at my worst shape in my life, when I was years away from being able to do it again and was deep in the bottle, I knew I'd run again. And now I'm running. So it's just something I know that's going to be a part of my life because it's something I like, but is it going to be the driving force in my life? No. You have a dream. You have an ambition. You have something you want to do. Now, some people don't. I mean, honestly, my wife was a professional ballerina from the age of like, I said it wrong the first time I did it on the podcast, but let's say somewhere around eight years old until she was 21. Professional ballerina. Dance with the most elite ballerinas in the world. When I met her, she was like an ex-athlete. She had done this thing her whole life. I mean, if you know ballet or any professional athlete, it consumed her when she was doing homework or school or anything. It was with ballet in conjunction with ballet. And when I met her, she was like, uh, you know, coming off of her professional career because it's not something that lasts forever. And ever since then, she's basically been trying to figure out what it is she wants to do. So there are people out there who haven't figured out their dream. But for most people, I think, who are listening to the show, they have something inside of them that wants to get out. And hopefully it's not like that alien in Aliens or Alien that pops out of your chest. But it's rarely going to be that, okay? 99.9% of the time in your life, it's not going to be an alien that busts out of your chest. So let's talk about what's really coming out of you, which is your dreams. How do you mix that? 
Well, what I say is, and it's a little selfish, right? I think the human condition, being born and then eventually dying, I'm sorry, if you didn't know that was going to happen, I should have said spoiler alert. But being born in the life cycle, you have these things that you are supposed to exercise that can only be exercised in human form. And that is with the understanding that we are something before this and we are something after this. Anyway, my point is, is that the human condition and where we come from and where we're going, I think you have to exercise these desires. I think you have to exercise these passions. Putting your body, your mind, in a position to receive what is coming to you from somewhere else, whether it's what you call God, whether it's what you call intuition, whether it's what you call the universe, I think it is to exercise that. I think that that is one of the larger purposes of being human. But I'm talking to the people who have something inside of them, not literally a baby. Oh, you know what's so funny? Because I don't have children at all. I mean, not even a little. (laughs) What a weird statement. Um, I thought when you had something inside you that was bursting out, the only thing that could be is an alien. I never even like in that split second dawned on me that some people have someone inside of them that is a baby that bursts out of them. I'm talking about dreams. I'm trying to talk about that. I keep getting back to aliens. I think that it is this thing, if you find your pure calling, you'll be able to do it in conjunction with the things that you have to do, right? Because a lot of people who are going to hear this are not in my position. The reason I can speak to it with expertise is because I am in this position. So I'm the extreme version of what you're trying to do a little bit. Think about the people in your life who you've talked to who have passion, who have love. And some of them are parents. My grandparents, my grandmother, she had nine children and her passion was that. And when you talk to her about that, that passion is insanely contagious. Someone who can talk to you about a topic that you never had any interest in with such a passion that makes you interested, that's probably what they're supposed to do. I'll talk to someone who owns a body shop and I want to hear more about body work on cars. I'll talk to someone who owns a plumbing company or someone who is in construction or someone who's a teacher. And if they talk about it with passion and you can hear that in their voice, man, this is what they were meant to do. And you want to hear more. And I think that's what we're supposed to do. I think that's what we're called to do. I think that the further you get away from that track in your life, that track that resonates through the core of you, starting at your solar plexus, right? That thing in your chest, that tells you this is what I'm here for. I think the further you deviate from that, the more trauma you have. There's a pulling toward it, right? And that pulling can be your worst enemy. When I worked in the corporate environment and I was climbing the corporate ladder, I would get to a point where people were clapping for me. At one point, 5,000 people were clapping for me on a training I did. How silly is that about cell phones? But anyway, it felt good, right? It felt a little bit like What I wanted to do, which was stand in front of a room and do what I'm doing for you right now. Now, I was a little young to do it, to be honest. I had a lot more insight than a lot of people, but I was too young. I see that now. But that appreciation, the fact that people would go to me after these meetings, shake my hand and say, you changed my life. Now, what they meant then was that I gave them the tool sets to be able to work a career that gave them more money than they had ever had and given them more pleasure in that career than they had had before. And I changed their lives in that way. And they'd shake my hand and it felt tremendous. But it didn't feel like that was all, right? That's a temporary fix. My last podcast, episode 19, was kind of talking about signs. The signs that we read in life that tell us where we're going or the nudges or God, again, or intuition. It's all the same thing. 
you just need to get past that. Whatever the, the verbiage is for it, it's the same thing. You have this higher feeling, okay? You have to differentiate between the ones that are a calling or the ones that are an impulse. I sometimes have the feeling that I should be drinking, but that's not, and, and I might see a Budweiser sign and go, hey, that's a sign I should drink. That's not the case. It's a false sign. But the real ones, the ones that are trying to bring you to that thing that is trying to be exercised out of you, I think in any condition you're in, and I hear this from a lot of people, it's the same thing with fitness, I don't have time. And this sounds so cliche, but I say you don't have time not to, in the grand scheme of things. I have found that when I was a personal trainer or a you know life coach, I can find in anyone's life an hour and a half to two hours where you're watching TV or doing nothing or checking Apple News, right? So I got rid of Apple News. I don't even have my cell phone in my bedroom when I charge it at night. I haven't had TV, terrestrial TV, meaning no news, no commercials. My wife and I cut the cord 12 years ago. So I can find time in your day to exercise either literally, because that might be the first thing you need to do because your level of health is so poor that you can't do any of the things I'm talking about, or exercise that thing in you that truly needs to be exercised, that desire to paint, or it could be totally, it could be something that's completely out of my purview, right? I'm not perfect. <laughs> this that sounds like a statement from a true narcissist. I'm not perfect. I may look it, I may seem it, but no, obviously no one's perfect. I'm saying that I don't necessarily know what it is you need to exercise, but you, if you close your eyes, or you, know, you don't have to close your eyes. If you're over the age of 20, you know there's something, right? You've had it enough times in your life hint at you. I think that this couldn't be a better theme for episode 20, which is significant to me, by the way, you know, personally. I had a desire to do this, be able to speak to people whenever I wanted to, forever. I tried it with video. I tried it with my journal. I tried it with essay writing. This seems to be the best medium. I, I still have that little twinge in my chest that says, well, will anyone hear it? Even though I truly believe, I mean, I keep talking about this, right? How I have this insecurity. And maybe that's boring you. But I believe that you're probably just thinking, well, if this guy does, maybe it's not weird for me. And it's not weird for you. Because here I've been doing this 20 episodes and all I want, and this is true, and when I say this is true, the reason I say that is because it's surprising to me that I feel this way. All I want is for you to hear this. You sitting in your car. You sitting at your computer listening to this right now. I want you to hear this. Because you've been looking for something or someone to just tell you straight up, you need to do that thing. You need to start that project. Because exercising that energy that's in your chest, that energy that's inside you that, you know, you've been denying, that, that needs to be exercised, that needs to be put into action for you to feel better. Talking about what I'm doing here, this is a part of it for me. And there was no one who ever told me to do this. There was no one who ever could show me how to do this. This technology did not exist when I had this desire 15 years ago. I would speak into a microphone and just record my journals or record my journals on uh, video or in a book, but this is the first time I've been able to share it with you. So let this serve as the sign or the motivation for you to start. And the reason I know it's true for you to need to do this right now is because, again, I started this <laughs> episode with totally different intentions. I wanted to talk on a certain thing, and then I was steered in the direction that brought me to saying this. So if you're hearing it and you go, okay, well, wait a second, I'm not sure, be sure. You know, just a little bit of time. When I was a personal trainer, I'd tell people, I'd be like, just go to the gym and sit in the parking lot for the first day when you join the gym. Don't go in. 
You'll be like, that's crazy. I don't want to do that. Okay. The next time, go to the gym, touch the front wall of the gym, and then run away like a chicken. Bark, bark, bark. Back to your car. Don't go in. The third time, go to the counter, check in with the person at the counter, and then run away. By the third time, no one, you know, usually by the second time, no one was actually not going into the gym because it felt silly not to, but I was giving them baby steps. You know, that's any 12-step program. That's saying that today, for me, I can't drink today, but I can't picture not drinking the rest of my life, you know, but I can picture not drinking today for you, whether it's exercise, whether it's exercising this desire, this joy, this, this passion that you have in you, start today a little, even if it's just writing down on a piece of paper what it is, or looking into what it is, because you may have a couple of desires, but you know one is more achievable at present. What I'm trying to get you to sum up is try and get started getting started. That's it. That's what this whole episode has been about. Trying to get you to put one foot in front of the other. You've heard it before. You've heard it a lot of times from me, but maybe this is the time it clicks or maybe this is the first episode you've heard. I cannot thank you enough for muscling through this episode. I know, as usual, it was a little weird. And I'm going to need you to tell me one day what it was about. But uh, 20 episodes, couldn't have done it without you. Thank you so much for sticking with me. And I hope you have an incredible day. I'm Jet Dunlap. This was Psychotherapy.